Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, the words of our Lord Jesus, King Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is that which pertains to the king and his cause. And our theme this year is a king and a cause. The king of kings and the cause of all causes. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. The message says it this way. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Passion says it this way. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then, all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. One more, the Good News Bible. Be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and what he requires of you, and he will provide you with all these other things. Be concerned above everything else with fill in the blank, dot, dot, dot. Be concerned above everything else with what would you fill that in right now? What would that be your fill in? What is it right now that you are concerned about more than any other thing? Because any other thing that you would put in there is already covered in this above everything. Above, above everything, above anything else. Be concerned above anything else with the king and his cause. And that other thing that you would put in there, dot, 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 will be added unto you. Seek first. Two powerful words from the Lord Jesus to set our direction, our course, our priority in our life. Seek first. Two powerful Greek words. Zeteo, seek. First, proton. Zeteo, seek, meaning desire, inquire, and require. Seek. First, proton. Firstly, in time, in place, firstly, in order and importance. These two powerful words that the Lord Jesus has spoken to us who follow him. We read it this way as a Literal translation, as it were. Desire, inquire, and require first in time, place, order, and importance the kingdom of God. The king and his cause are the priority and the primacy of our life as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the confusion around us, but the kingdom within us. First, first, first place, first in order, 
first, above whatever else dot, 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 line, blank, you, would, you could fill in based on your daily yeah. circumstance. Paul wrote the Colossians these powerful words about the Lord Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, Paul said this, Jesus, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence in everything. He may have the preeminence. The good news says it this way. He is the firstborn son who was raised from death in order that he alone might have the first place in all things. A king and a cause is what focuses my life. It's what lights my path. It's what arrests my heart. And it keeps me from a thousand distractions as I walk these dusty roads of life. In order that he alone might have the first place in all your things and in all my things. That he alone would have first place. Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, 19, after this manner. Verse 9. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This prayer starts with the kingdom. This prayer finishes with the kingdom. And in this kingdom come prayer, in this, that, this is where you and I live. We live right here in this kingdom from the first time thy kingdom come and thine is the kingdom and this is our world and our life. And, and in this prayer, in this kingdom come prayer, Jesus shows us three daily powerful principles to kingdom living. Give us, forgive us, and deliver us. This is our life in the kingdom. Daily provision, pardon, and protection. Come on, kingdom of God. This is where we live in a, in, on a daily basis. We live before the king of kings and the cause of causes with daily, daily provision, pardon, and protection. This is kingdom living. Give us, forgive us, deliver us, provision our daily bread. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. Come on, man. Look at the lilies of the field. Provision. Provision is not a problem in the kingdom of God because the king himself is the provider. Pardon. 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 Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
This is a daily life in the kingdom of God. Pardon me as I pardon you. Pardon me as I pardon him or as I pardon her. Daily living in a place of pardon to me and through me. And protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Many translations actually point to what, what he's really saying here is deliver us from the evil one. How many know there is an evil one? A thief who comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In the kingdom, daily provision, pardon, and protection. It flows to me and then through me as I also want to provide, as I also pardon, as I also do everything in my heart to protect and help and cover the uncovered and help in any way I can to do the will of God on earth, which brings his kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. When I provide, when I pardon, when I protect, that's how his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. I want us to see our life on earth in the light of the kingdom of heaven. Yes, we live on the earth. Yes, we walk on the earth. But the kingdom of God is within us. Jesus says in Luke 17, 21, Behold, now man, that's a, I love this word. Behold. When, when, when that word comes, I'm, I'm thinking of like, behold, the highest mountains I've ever seen. Behold, the most amazing waterfalls I've ever stood. Behold, the sunset that just, you know, sends chills up, up your spine. This is a behold word. Behold. Now get ready for the greatest behold that's ever been beheld. Sort of. The greatest state, the greatest thing that's ever followed, behold. Here it is. The kingdom of God is within you. I live here. I sleep here. I eat here. But the kingdom of God is within me. Now the Bible speaks... Of two men. The earthly man. Adam. The heavenly man. Jesus. Paul writes these astounding words. To the Corinthian believers. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 47. The first man. Was of the earth. Made of the dust. The second man, there's two men. There's the first man and there's the second man. That's it. The first man was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Watch this. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And 
as is the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. We got dusty. And we've got heavenly. Now I want to ask you a question. Which of those two men is the man in your life? Who's the man? Because there's only two. Who's the lean in? Who's the man? Who's the most, uh, uh, rela- who are you most related to? Who, who, I, who is the man? Adam? The earthly? The worldly? The temporal? The vain and profane? Or Jesus, the heavenly, the eternal, the way, the truth, and the life. Who's the man in your life? The man of guilt or the man of grace? The man who hid himself from God or the man who revealed himself as God? Who's the man? Whose steps do you walk in? Whose thoughts do you think? Whose path do you walk on? Who's the man in your life? I declare today, not the man of dust or death, but the man of heaven Jesus is the man. You're the man, sir. You're the man. Now, let me just geotag you for a moment this morning so that you can kind of know exactly, precisely where you are. Now, what do I mean by geotag? Well, I, it's, it's a new phrase for me, and it's a new skill that I... Acquired out of desperation while Carol and I were on long service leave and I was hiking the Porto Camino from Porto, Portugal to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. And on that, on a, there was a day on the Camino where the sun, I didn't get started till real late. A bridge was out. I had to backtrack. It was a long day that day. And all of a sudden I realized I'm not going to be able to make it to where Carol is because the sun's going down. That bridge messed me up, 2K more back, 2K more forward just to make up for it. And so I had to send her a message, baby, can you come and get me? The only problem is I wasn't sure where I was. I just, and she's, that girl, that girl come and got me every day in Israel for, you know, 42 days she found me. But I just didn't know exactly where I was. And I, and I was, how do I let her know, where am I? I can sort of tell her where I am, but I don't even know where I am. And, 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 you know, I found through technology, I didn't realize this, but on WhatsApp, that there is a way and a place, and, and I'm sitting there trying to figure this out while she's trying to find me. So she's on her way trying to find me. And I saw that on WhatsApp, I could geotag myself precisely, and then I could let her know, and she would just tap it, little map, and the map would bring her to my location because I was geotagged. 
And we, learn, we use that practically every day on long service leave somehow or some way. So let me geotag you for a moment. John chapter 15, verse 19. Buckle up. Jesus said, if you, my follower, my disciple, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Get ready to be geotagged. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Now that's what he spoke to his followers. And then this is what he spoke to his father in John 17 and verse 14. I have given them your word, your word. I have given them your word, and the world is not real happy about it. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Why? Why does the world hate me? I'm such a nice guy. Why does the world hate you? Jesus said, and the world has hated them. And here's why. Because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. And he continues his prayer. He says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And then he just totally seals it, geotags us forever with the next words that he prays. They are not of the world, just like I'm not of the world. They are no more of the world than I am. Now, I want to share with you four daily confessions that help to establish the kingdom that is within you. I want to show you four daily confessions that geotag your precise location every morning. Man, on long service leave, for every day we were gone, we were in a different hotel. It's sure hard to wake up every morning and try to remember where you are. What's worse is in the middle of the night trying to remember where the Kamar Kachil, the little room, that, that's rough too. I want to share with you four daily confessions that geotag your precise location. I want to share with you four daily confessions to help you remember who's the man. Now, a daily confession. A daily confession is a tool that helps you renew your mind. When I was 10 years old, I learned that I could ask Jesus to come into my heart. My family weren't Christians. They didn't go to church. But I happened to be at a Sunday school as a guest by some gracious people who took us. And I heard the Sunday school teacher say, all you have to do is ask Jesus to come in 
to your heart. That was 1960. And from that day to this day, I have been a God chaser and a passionate follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've had my ups. I've had my downs. I've had my heartaches. I've had my heartbreaks. I've had my blessings. I've had my betrayals. You name it, life happens. But I have loved Jesus every day of my life since that day. And I would attribute the, the most important thing for me now, 61 years later, standing here as a pastor with my wife, why am I still standing? And I want you to know, I believe it's because I learned the power of daily confessions. As a matter of fact, the first Bible verse I ever memorized as a 10-year-old boy was Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Daily confessions is a tool that helps you renew your mind. Now, in 1960, when I memorized that verse of Scripture, all I had was a King James Bible. Let me read this scripture to you from a New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Family, daily confessions help us change the way we think. And the way you think will end up being the way you feel. And the way you feel will end up being the way you act. So let us be renewed in our mind. Daily confessions. Here's four daily confessions. Confession number one. I don't have a worry in the world. Eight powerful words. A confession. No. What I have is provision, pardon, and protection in the kingdom of God. That's what I have. I don't have a worry in the world. My father, my father is near. My father is here. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 32, he said, for after all these things, what things is he talking about? All the things we worry about. For after all these things, the things we worry about. Jesus says, for after all these things, the Gentiles seek. This is what Adam's people seek. This is how Adam's people live like dust and death and doubt and dark. This is how they live. Jesus said, after all these things, the Gentiles seek. But here's what he says for us. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. 
And then he says in Luke 12 and verse 30, For all these things the nations of the world seek after. Everything you can worry about, this is what the nations of the world seek after. Watch. Your Father knows that you need these things. So why don't I have a worry in the world? Well, number one, I'm not of this world. Number two, I have daily provision, pardon, and protection. Number three, my father knows, and my father is near, and my father is here. This is my kingdom life in this current culture world that we live in. Confession number one. I don't have a worry in the world. You want to practice? How many of you think you could form those words in your mouth and actually say them out loud because these are powerful, life-giving, mind-changing, come on, powerful words. And you'd say, but I do, I know, but let's say it in faith. Let's say it as if God were here and God were near. Let's say it as if you had daily provision, daily pardon, and daily, let's say it as if it were true. Shall we say it together? Let's go. I don't have a care in the world. Confession number two. Did I say care or worry? Okay, because confession number two is, I don't have a care that I've not cast on him. I think this is 11 words. I don't have a care that I have not cast on him. It's not that there aren't things around me. Sure, there are, there sure, it's not like there are no concerns in my life, but here is what I'm saying. But there is not a care that I have not cast upon him. I have cast every care on Christ who cares for me. And this is what the Apostle Peter wrote to New Testament believers. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and verse 7. I love this. Watch how he introduces this thought. Humble yourself. You don't have to be humble to be carrying a whole bunch of cares. You have to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God not the burdens of life. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. I don't have a care that I have not cast on him. The Message Bible says it this way, live carefree before God because he's careful for you. And by the way, in the context of what Peter is writing, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. You go down like one and a half verses, and he says this. For the devil, like a roaring lion, is seeking whom he may devour. You know who he can't, you know who he's not devouring? He's not devouring anyone who has cast their care 
on him. And the psalmist said in Psalm 55 and verse 22, Cast your burden, your care, on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Now, you know what? That's a powerful, beautiful psalm. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But in the psalmist's day, he was talking about the righteousness of obeying the law. How much more do you think that scripture is true to those of us who are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ as New Testament believers? I do not have a worry in the world, and I do not have a care that I have not cast on him in my kingdom life and in this kingdom living. Confession number three. Five powerful words. I take no anxious thought. I take no anxious thought. Jesus said, Matthew 6, 25, I tell you, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What will you eat? What will you drink? What about your body? What will you put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I tell you, the master says. I tell you, the savior says. I tell you, the king of kings says. Do not be anxious about your life. And in Matthew 6, 31, he says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? Thoughts. Let me tell you something about thoughts. You can take them or leave them. Take no thought. I take no anxious thought. Thoughts. Here's the truth about thoughts. You can receive them or refuse them. You know, Joyce Meyer said, we're the only creation of God that has the ability to think about what we're thinking about. Thoughts. You can apply them or you can deny them. You can illuminate them, or you can eliminate them. Thoughts. You can regard them, or you can reject them. You know what? You can let them in, or you can run them out. And, you know, if you think this is just some kind of pop psychology thing, you know, that, that, uh, that's, you know, really uh, uh, for today. And let me tell you, this is not pop psychology. This is gospel theology because we read in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, 
2,000 years ago, Paul writes this to those in Philippi who had lots of needs. They had lots of financial needs. They were like the poorest of all, all the churches. And here's what Paul writes to them. Fix your thoughts on what is true. This is what a daily confession will help you do. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I'm telling you, this is not psychology. This is theology. I take no anxious thought. That don't mean they ain't being offered to me all day. I just take no anxious thought. I take no anxious thought. And then Paul says this to those same Macedonians there in Philippi. Like what Jesus said. Do not be anxious about, fill in the blank for you, family, dot, dot, dot. What is it? What is it? What is it? If we say, don't be anxious about, what do you, what kind of, yeah, okay, that. I, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, watch, because my father is here, because my father is near, watch. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, actually with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God who knows, who's here, and who is near. I'm talking about four daily confessions that help me know where I am, who's the man, and the kingdom plan that God has for my life. I'm not going to wake up every morning and intuitively know that. I need to wake up every morning and train myself to know the truth that sets me free. I don't have a worry in the world. I don't have a care that I've not cast on him. I take no anxious thought. And finally, only four words. Shortest confession, maybe the sweetest. I'm blessed, not stressed. I might as well just tell you the truth. And you might as well just tell me the truth. Because this is the truth. Jesus said, in John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Now look at this verse of scripture with me. There are two geotags in this scripture. There are two precise locations in this scripture. In me, Jesus says, in me is a place. It's a place. You can geotag yourself. In me is a place, and in that place is peace. Now, this word peace is not the common word that we see in the New Testament so often, which is the word shalom. Shalom, no. No, this is something else. 
in me. In me, you have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, but in me, you may have peace. This is the Greek word, not shalom, but irene. Irene. If your name is Irene, it comes from this word in the New Testament, irene. It's a powerful word. It's a beautiful word. But let me tell you what Thayer's Greek lexicon says this means. Peace. Jesus said, in me you will have peace. And here's what it means. Exemption from the rage. I'm exempt from the rage. In the world, you'll have tribulation. In me, you'll have irene, exemption from the rage. Now, in the world, that's a place. Tribulation, this is the Greek word, lipsis. Lipsis, and of course, it can mean anguish. Hello, burden, okay. Distress, heard that. But what it literally means... is pressure two places a place of peace in him and a place of pressure in the world in him my soul is exempt from the rage that is all around me before Jesus returned to heaven He left two things on earth that he brought with him from heaven. For his followers, for his disciples, he left two things that belonged to him personally on earth before he ascended to heaven. John 14, 27. I'm about to close this message, but you have got to hear this last thought. John 14, 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Again, he's not talking just shalom here. He's talking irene, irene. So he says, peace I leave with you. But now he amps it up beyond all belief. And he says, my peace I give to you. He brought that with him from heaven. He left that here for you. I give to my peace. All right. And then he even says, not as the world gives, do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So what does his peace look like? My irene. My exemption from the rage. Remember? Remember when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples? Go ahead, team. Come on. Just don't be distracted. Do you remember when Jesus was in the boat? They started out to go to the other side. And Jesus went to the back of the boat, curled up on a pillow, and fell asleep. Remember what happened? 
a rage happened. A storm so violent and so vile that the men who grew up all their lives on Lake Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee, the men who had spent their whole lives on it, the boat started filling with water in the storm. And the men, they, 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 they thought they were literally going to die. They were going to perish. They knew the water. They knew the boat. They knew all of that. And here is this raging, raging wind and shaking and boat breaking stuff, you know. And what is Je- where is Jesus? He's asleep. The disciples had to wake him because the waves did not wake him. The, sh- the, the storm didn't shake him. The boat didn't break him. But they woke him. What does Jesus do? He does not let that raging storm into his world. He brings his Irene peace into the raging storm. My peace I give to you. I'll tell you, I'm blessed, not stressed. Finally, are you still with me? Second thing, John 15, 11. Jesus said, don't you love him? Is there anyone like him? Don't you adore him? Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy... Now, he brought that with him from heaven. My joy. That my joy, like my peace, might remain in you. And what happens when that happens? He says right here, and buddy, that makes your joy full. (laughs) You know, when my joy that I brought with me from heaven and I'm leaving here for you until I come back, when that joy is in you, then I promise you your joy is full. You can't get any more full of joy than the joy I brought with me from heaven and I give to you. I declare, I confess, I'm blessed, not stressed. My life is blessed, not stress. Stand with me, please. These four daily confessions... They help me know who I am, whose I am, and where I am. And I want you to live your life on earth in the light of the kingdom of God. And these four daily confessions will help establish every single morning who you are, whose you are, and where you are. You can geotag yourself in the bathroom, man, every day, every day. Who I am. The kingdom of God is within me. I live in the kingdom of God. I live for the king and his cause. That's who I am. Whose I am. Not Adam's. Had enough of that. I'm Christ's. Not the earthy, not the earthly, not the worldly, but the heavenly man. Where am I? Ha! I'm out of this world. The geotag of God's word says that I am in him and I am not of the world. Bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, our King,
our King of Kings. I ask today that your word would wash over us. Your word would transform us. Your word would renew our mind and our thinking. That we would live like kingdom come people. That Lord, while we walk on earth, sleep on earth, eat on earth, we would never be deceived into thinking we are of it. Because we are not of it. You chose us out of it. May we live as totally committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we live for the King and His cause. May we live a life that is not vain and empty and selfish and filled with anxiety and stress and worry. May we live like the kingdom of God is within us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.